you. Now, since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, governments have implemented lockdown regulations to curb the spread of the virus. Uh, now, very many governments have done this at, at, to varying degrees. There have been varying degrees of lockdown, um, though lockdowns do minimize the physical damage of the virus. There are substantial damages to populations' happiness, well-being, and livelihoods. Now, well-being economist Professor Talita Khreling from the University of Johannesburg ha- is with us uh, on the line and has the latest update on the happiness losses in several countries across the globe. Good evening, Professor Khreling. Welcome. Good evening, and how are you? I'm very well indeed. You know, uh, your your research sounds fascinating. It, I'm a, I'm a, so I love what I do. Yeah, it, it, you use special uh, models known, known as difference in difference econometric modeling strategies to study diversity of countries and their individual lockdown regulations and the impact of lockdown on citizens and by how much their happiness and well-being in three diverse countries uh, would increase. That's correct. You, you, you focus on South Africa, New Zealand and Australia. That's correct. Why, before we go any further, why did you choose those three countries? I will, you, quite, my, my reasons will come forward later yeah. as we go on. That is quite interesting. We started this project in May 2019, um, and then actually going back historically to January 2019. And my colleague is in New Zealand, and so naturally that's where we started often with Australia being across the ditch from New Zealand we included it in our study so naturally those are the three countries we have been selecting or collecting data on so we are in the privileged position to have real time data on for more or for going on to a year and a half on these three countries so just due to the fact that we've got data on those three countries and it's real time and it is before and after the pandemic Mm -hmm. it puts us in a very fortunate position to be able to compare the countries and to be able to say what happened before and after the pandemic that's you know very interesting that you chose that i mean i i must confess that I when I when I did my PhD I and and uh, masters I sat through hours and hours of econometrics and I I made myself a, a promise that I would forget everything that I've learned so you know I'm getting everything back. <laughs> uh, I, have su- I have such an aversion. Murphy's law it will always come back. To well, it's it's it, you know I am so profoundly anti-positivist and you know that I but anyway that's the, another issue. But what did your research show and and please explain uh, how you tackled or how you tracked people's happiness. But let me ask you a, a question first, and 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 this is this comes from me, and and I, I really, 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 really apologize to our, our listeners for using this word. Uh, let let's let us, as I usually do, let us start with ontology. Let us. Uh, what is it? What is it that you talk about when you talk about happiness? That's what the word actually. That is that is one of the best questions you can ask <laughs> because happiness has got so many meanings. Now, normally, if you speak about happy, it might be something like a psychological effect, Mm -hmm. um, the opposite of being depressed. Mm -hmm. But if we speak about happiness in economic terms, Mm -hmm. it's got a much wider definition. What they actually are speaking about is well-being, which is not really happiness. 
it's actually two completely different things because mm. well-being is a much wider definition and it is a evaluative measure on how well you are, which is not, you can be happy, but it doesn't mean you are well because it can be that you're very poor and very ill, but for that moment you are happy. So that's, that, that question is really, really a good question. And our approach is from the economic side. Right. So saying happiness here is not the opposite of being depressed. Right. This is a measure of well-being. Well, I'm, you know, you, you probably know that my doctorate is also in political economy. But anyway, so the the, ap- the average happiness loss uh, was at least 6% from the 10th of June due to the lockdown. Is that correct? Yes, if you take it, the average, this is now the mean of the three countries. Mm. South Africa is more than that. So we're working on the average estimation. You will now know from econometrics that it's a mean that you estimate <laughs> of the three countries. Um, so on average, there was a loss of 6%. Yeah. So um, when studying these countries, what factors in particular did you look at? Did you look at the uh, economies, uh, well, I call it political economy, the political situation, the democratic factor, demographic factors, and 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 the very variations in of uh, lockdown regulations? Because I, I think they vary across the countries, isn't that correct? They do. They do. Yeah. This is a really interesting case study because if you look at all three of those countries, they are very, very different. They're covering a wide spectrum of different type of economies, with New Zealand being very small and the economy being very healthy, Australia a little bit bigger, and economy not as strong as New Zealand, and South Africa on the opposite side of the spectrum, with really going through hardships economically um, and having a much bigger economy than both New Zealand and Australia. So very different scenarios. Also on the well-being levels, New Zealand having the highest well-being, being followed by Australia, and South Africa a way lower third coming in. Right. Um, then on the lockdown, also very different. New Zealand and South Africa had very strict lockdown measures. I mean, South Africa still has. South Africa has these Oxford Stringency Index which tells you which countries have the strictest strictest lockdown regulations. And South Africa is way up there. We have one of the strictest lockdown regulations in the world. And followed then by New Zealand and Australia is quite relaxed about this whole episode. So we had really a wide spectrum of economic, political, social, and then different lockdown lockdown measures in the three countries, which so that we can have a very diverse sample. And we found, notwithstanding all of this, as soon as you introduce lockdown measures, you had a severe negative effect on well-being. Mm. And then the method we use, this difference in difference method, you can actually say what is the reason for this decrease in happiness. And we found, without a doubt, it's the lockdown itself, the fact that people couldn't move out of their houses, or the restriction of movement and everything around it. Not so much the pandemic or the COVID, right. but the fact that people went into lockdown. The fact that people can't move, leave their homes, that is, that is a, 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 a factor, you say? A, a big 
one, and yeah. then obviously the economic implications. People right. are very concerned about the severe economic damage to the economy, right. job losses. So that has a very big negative effect, but those are due to lockdowns and not as much okay. due to number of COVID cases or COVID deaths. Uh, Professor, and, um, while I have you on the line, don't go away. I should remind our listeners that we're discussing the um, the happiness decline or fluctuations in happiness under lockdown, and and the lines are open. And we would like to have your open minds. If you have any questions for Professor Talita Khreiling from the University of Johannesburg, please call us at 021-446-0567. Drop us a WhatsApp message at 072-567-1567. Professor, I apologize. I think I interrupted you there. You were saying something. No, no, no. No, you were just asking what variables that we actually incorporate into our models. If I can, if that is what you said, that's what I heard. Go ahead, yeah. so, but essentially, running econometric models, and you've got an equation that you estimate. Obviously, you are trying to find out something about something. So, you've got a dependent variable in this case, happiness, mm-hmm. and then you are trying to find out what explains this dependent variable. So, there will be various factors. What makes people happy? So, we tested if how does lockdown, if you use lockdown as a variable, how does it influence the happiness? Um, and we used a very specialized method, which is called this difference in difference method. We can stimulate experiments like we have um, if some people try out a new type of medicine, you've got a control group that actually don't take the medicine and you've got the treated group that takes the medicine. And this method can simulate that. So what we did is we, in 2019, is our control group. They mm-hmm. didn't get the treatment of the pandemic. And then in 2020, we had this treatment, which is now the COVID case. Right. And we can compare the two. And we can see that for sure it is the lockdown that caused the severe negative effect right. in happiness. So in this estimation, you can't build in too many variables. So you can't put in too many. You can't say happiness is influenced by Many things you can't build it in because so um, you can't build in intervening ver- variables. Is that correct? You can build in variables, but now going into I don't want to bore people with statistics. But if you have a certain number of observations, like 150 days, right. you can only maybe put in five variables into that equation. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can't estimate. So it limits what you can actually include in that estimation. So we did include an economic factor, which is jobs, right. and that plays a big role. So the concern about jobs. Um, and then we did include COVID cases because this is what it's about. And we could include one or two other variables, but I mean, you can't, you don't, you don't have enough observations to right. include unlimited number of variables into these estimations. Yeah, it's the nature of, of economics, uh, uh, econometrics is that you don't That's want right. to clutter, you know, clutter the evidence or clutter the methods, uh, clutter, clutter, yeah. clutter your and, and models. I mean, yeah, you can't, you yeah. can't, you can't, then they can't estimate them. That's true. I have a, 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 a boring that part of it. Yeah, yeah. I know the, um, one of the question, a question that, that has just come to me is, um, I don't, I, I'm going to make up as, make it up as I go along. I've looked at, I think it was the 2018 happiness, global happiness index. And yes. so, so I, so let me, what was found then at the time was that 
the happiness situation in Latin America it tends to be very favorable, but it's based a lot on cultural um, uh, uh, conditions. So the the happiness situation in Latin America can be considered uh, as favorable when con- when contrasted with common social, political, and economic indicators. Now these portray a situation of of weak political institutions, high corruption, high violence. So um, so let me ask you then. Were there, well, you know, before I let you go, uh, because we can go on about this forever, and trust me, I'd love to. Um, were there conditions ex ante, conditions that existed before lockdown that may have uh, influenced the the happiness levels? I, I Actually, as I said, I made that up as I went along. Yeah, the factors that influence, but now you have to, there's so many things that you brought into this one question, because number one, the happiness indices that you are speaking about, there's various ones. Right. So one that actually found South America on a high level of happiness will be the Happy Planet Index. Ah, and that's okay. about the carbon footprint. Oh, and, that? the, and, and that is the reason why you find very high measures of happiness, but that's a specific index. It's called, it's called a happiness index, but it measures carbon footprint. Because so you can understand why they are being on that index rate is quite high. But they, look, they focused, you know, 2018 focused on you know, happiness around the world, but it's on migration within and between countries. I think that was the emphasis, not not the, the, the footprint. Because right, the, the four countries right, that, that were top spot were held top spot were Denmark, Switzerland, Norway and I think yes. Finland. So you you are referring to the Gallup World Poll Happiness Index. Right. And that would be published by Jeffrey Sachs and Halliwell. Now that question is also different. It's also it's an evaluative measure. Right. Um, it was also something about how satisfied are you with your life in general. In general. Okay. Very so you will see it's, it's a different measure of well-being yeah. than um, just asking. So it, it depends. If you speak about the index, you firstly have to ask what is in this index. So right. it's a recipe. What what possible the ingredients? That yeah. goes into this, because with different ingredients you will get different responses. Exactly. So the one you are referring to is definitely the Gallup one, which asks you about evaluative happiness, right. and there you will find that your Denmark, Sweden, uh, Finland will probably have the highest measures. Then, if you speak to about a measure where you found the South American countries measuring quite high, you will probably be referring to the Happy Planet Index which is then the carbon footprint. So there's a few of these indices going around, but they're measuring different things. Yeah, no, I understand completely. And, and, and as I said, this just came to me as, because, because, you know, in, in South, in South Latin America, Venezuela was the unhappiest country, I think, I think so. But, you know, it is, you're absolutely right. It was the, the Gallup poll. Uh, survey between 2015 and 2017, I think. That's correct. But yeah. your, yours certainly is is much uh, um, uh, much more f- focused on on the lockdown. But be, so before I let you go, well, what the, was the, the privilege the, we have is it's a real time measure. Yeah. We say Gallup is not a real time; it's mm-hmm. a survey, and you have to wait for that data. Right. We, if you go onto our website at this stage, which is www. 
GNH today, you can see the index as it happens. That was going to be so my next question. <laughs> Is there any way people can, can gain access to, to the real time? You know, because it was, anyway, so let me not interrupt you because, uh, uh, Sorry. Uh, go ahead. So how can people access the data and look at some of your methodology? So, if you go to our website, mm-hmm. it is um, called, it is www.gnh.today. Mm-hmm. So if you go to that, you will see the index in real time as it happens. Okay. So um, this is like unique. This is the first in the world where you can actually measure, because normally you've got survey data and mm-hmm. the data is only available and nowadays with COVID, they push it outside, you get it quicker. But normally, it will be two years, a lag of two years before you have the data. Correct. So real time to us is still very new. It's pioneering work. Um, but if you open up that website, you can see the happiness as it happens. Right. Uh, Professor Hreling, I want to thank you for, for joining us this evening. And I, you know, uh, trust me, we can go on discussing this all night. I, it's, it is a fascinating study, uh, in and of itself. And it is also very timeless. Thank, and I want to thank you for joining us and for thank the, you, all the work you've done. It was lovely speaking to you. It was. Thank you very much. Thank you.